So let's begin, everyone. Uh, as I watch my screen get populated, uh, I feel this yes come up with every new face, with every new person. Um, it, I, it just feels quite delightful in my upper, around my heart area to see you all today. So we'll begin with a 10-minute sit. I, I've been calling it a ceremony, especially or a, um, uh, since our intensive with Flint two weekends ago, we spent a lot of time talking about forms and practicing forms, and especially about Zazen as a ceremony. And part of that ceremony is sitting. So let's begin with a 10-minute sitting ceremony. <laughs>
So hello everyone again, all of those who joined us after we started meditation. I'm Suzanne Kilkes, the entrusted teacher here in Open Door uh, Zen Community in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm uh, really glad to be with you all today as uh, Flint continues his um, uh, retreats in the UK, which he has one more. He let me know yesterday that he has one more to do and then he'll be heading home, um, I'm sure with great joy. <laughs> Um, so, uh, here's where I want to go today. Well, no, we're going to do the verse of the robe first. So let's, um, recite, do the chant ceremony of the verse of the robe. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction, wearing the universal teaching. I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction, wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction, wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. So um, here's where I want to go today. Um, Robert Aiken Roshi is said to have commented that in Zen there is nothing to believe and everything to be discovered. When I heard Flint say this in his recent Dharma transmission talk, I was taken with how much I identified with it. I realized I had let go of my childhood religious training because it required believing in things I just couldn't understand or see from my personal experiences. And more than that, guilt and shaming were common reactions to someone questioning the dogma or not following the rules. So I realized later on, but unconsciously, it started with, I chose Dharma over dogma. When I came to Zen practice, I was encouraged to ask questions of myself and of teachers that assisted in the organic discovery of what is meant by Buddha nature, our true nature. Questions like, what is this when something unknown or unexpected arises? What if when something is said with certainty? Why not? when presented with a supposed limit? Could it be when creativity is engaged? Are you sure when I insist on my way as the way? These questions of the discovery process are what I wanna focus on today with you. We sit and walk us in ceremony practice. We practice a variety of forms such as bowing, chanting, or precept study. We engage with each other, sitting with and for each other. And doing all of this stirs up our life energy. Our patterns of body, in posture, sensation, and emotional response, our nervous system reactivity, our psychological perception process, 
our personality traits and parts, and our social engagement patterns. We are complex beings, of course, and messy miracles, as Flint calls us. Dogen gave us this guidance in discovery. To study the Buddha way is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. Studying the self is not necessarily an easy task, especially when we meet up with something we don't like or prefer not to look at. A few years ago, I received a gift, a small plaque from my sister. It said, mirror, mirror on the wall, I am my mother after all. I had a wee bit of a reaction to it. I love my mother dearly, and I reacted anyway. It reminded me of hearing a story of a very well-known family systems theorist and therapist saying in a large audience and a large conference that we will never get out of our families alive. A very audible groan rose from this family therapist audience, and his response to it was that they had a lot of work to do on themselves. To strengthen our hearts and minds for this practice of liberation through self-exploration, we need help. There are a number of useful devices. There is the acronym RAIN in the Vipassana tradition, standing for Recognize, Allow, Investigate, and Nurture. There is Thich Nhat Hanh's Stop, Pause, Look, See. I've used both in my practice, and I realized I wanted something more embodied, so I created the acronym NAME. Notice, acknowledge and accept, move toward or move in, and embrace. To use it in any moment of awareness, we need to notice what has arisen. For example, in uh, attending with the body, we might notice a clench in the belly and the chest. So we shine the light of awareness on that. We then acknowledge and accept the truth of it, as in this experience of clenching is here right now. This may seem simple or simplistic, but these acknowledging and accepting actions um, and of these simple truths pave the path for deeper and more complex truths it actually recalibrates our nervous system to handle the bigger stuff. Moving toward or in probably is an internal action. Rather than trying to suppress it, which is pushing it away, there is an act of ownership when we move in. We settle into our body experience. Embracing is an act of compassion extending ownership with love and care. It's a way of putting a drop of love into our experience. We might literally give ourselves an embrace. This is one that I've been playing with a lot recently, and I'll show it to you. Placing your right hand underneath your left arm and placing your, I mean, your right hand underneath your left arm and placing your left hand on the top of your right arm. And then give a little squeeze. If you want, I see some of you have done it. If you want, go ahead right now and do that. 
Notice how it physically feels to embrace yourself this way. This is a very useful action to take with nervous system reaction or agitation because it settles the vagus nerve, which is the social engagement nerve, and it settles the sympathetic nerve, nervous system, and triggers the parasympathetic system. It's like being swaddled. It's our way of self-swaddling, I think. So if you wanna try this acronym right now, bring to mind something you notice in within you right now. Just pay attention and just notice something inside right now. And then acknowledge and accept it with the simple truth as, oh, this is happening right now within me. And then let yourself move toward it or move in. Breathing with the experience is often a good way of doing that. Sending breath right to the region in your body that you're attending to or the emotion that has arisen, or even the thought that's there. And then go ahead and embrace it. Do the embrace action, just as an experiment, just do that. And notice what happens. Did you notice that your breath got deeper? That's what happens when our parasympathetic system gets engaged. Our breath deepens. It gets longer on the exhale. And our whole system might quiet down or calm down. Okay, if you want to let go of the embrace, fine. If you don't, if you just like the feel of this, go ahead and continue it. Dogen continues in this particular teaching, to forget the self is to be actualized by myriad things. When actualized by myriad things, your body and mind, as well as the bodies and minds of others drop away. So I think this self-study leads us to the basic Buddhist teachings of no separate existing self and the interdependence of all life all the myriad things. It helps us hold both the relative and the absolute in the container of practice. As our perception of body and mind drops away, all others drop away as well. That moment is the absolute of life. No me, no you, just this. And we actually need to use the study of the self to realize this. Now, lest this becomes an exercise in personal self-development, which of course is okay in and of itself, Zen practice is something else. The questions become beautiful questions as David White, the poet, describes them. Questions that enliven us, extend into what we don't know, even what we can't know, without the asking of them free of any gaining idea. Questions intended for the liberation expressed in the robe chant. Vast is this robe of liberation. 
it's formless and it's a field of great benefaction. When we put the universal teaching on like a robe, we realize the one true nature. And when we do that, we engage in harmonizing all being. We are tasked to bring questions of discovery to all levels of daily life, the personal, the interpersonal, and the community of all beings. Sitting and reflecting on our own experience extends into awareness interpersonally, as ours is a relational practice of waking up and growing up in relationship to the other. And as we extend our awareness to others, we open to the community of all beings, to all the suffering and joy, all the acts of hatred and acts of love, all the devastation and beauty. Something in yesterday's Lion's Roar newsletter caught my attention and speaks to our practice life. It said, small efforts add up and our long-term goal is no less than seeing the suffering of the world pervasive and at times overwhelming, seeing it reduced. To realize a more compassionate and harmonious society and to witness the taming of material materialism and ego. I would add to hold all in the container of faith and love. When we practice and live wholeheartedly with compassion's way, we practice what the Buddha offered, Anukampa. At last week's teacher's meeting, Peg gave us this word and I offer it to you now. This word, Anukampa, means with responsible care. When we treat ourselves in these ways, with curiosity and asking the discovery questions, with wholesome and wholeheartedness, in turning toward ourself and others and uh, the community of all beings, we're functioning in anukampa with responsible care. The last line of Dogen's teaching is one I won't pretend to even understand. I think it reflects the mystery and so I accept it. The line is, no trace of enlightenment remains. And this no trace continues endlessly. Well, if you have some thoughts about it, I would welcome them and your beautiful questions for us to consider and hold in love and care. So um, Kim is going to take care of us today and bring you um, um, up when you uh, put your hand up um, and we'll go from there. Thank you very much. Hello. Monday night, we were reading in Category's book a lot about faith. Mm. And I'm really curious. It, it has such baggage from other mm. parts of our life. You know, how you have faith without dogma. Mm. Mm -hmm. And faith in Buddha, he talked about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I went to uh, Sharon Salzberg's um, uh, definition of faith which is to put our heart upon 
to put our heart upon the, the, the Dharma, to put our heart upon suffering when we see it and want to respond in some way, to put our heart upon something, rather than faith as believing in something in order to be part of the part of the community. So it's an action as opposed it, to a belief. It is. That, I think so. I mean, that's yeah, my That's experience. nice. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome, Kim. Mm -hmm. Hello. Suzanne, you, it's so wonderful to see you, and you are looking well. Mm, thank you. Um, I've been mulling over the idea uh, that Duggan was talking about uh, in there, the end part about enlightenment. What was that again? <clears throat> no trace of enlightenment remains, and this no trace continues endlessly. You know, I, I guess I'm trying to answer the, the question, but when I hear of that, enlightenment is such a human-centered thing mm -hmm. and a separating thing. And when we are a part of everything, um, things just unfold the way they unfold. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is no need or uh, desire for enlightenment. Things are just as they are. That's how it seems to me. Mm, I like that, Joan. It always puzzled me what it meant. No trace of enlightenment remains. And um, that no trace goes on endlessly is what I've thought mm -hmm. of as the mystery. Um, and then I realized I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I I like I'm resonated with resonating with what you say about there's no need to seek it just is. And then, of course, we end that with that I don't know, but I don't know. <laughs> it's a mystery. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Joan. Oh, okay. Hi, Suzanne. And Hi, Rosemarie. Hi, and thank you. Nice to see you too, and thank you so much. Um, in the uh, beginning of your talk, I was having a little somatic thing going on in my abdomen, a little little clenching, and um, I loved your um, all of the uh, strategies that you put forth and and your own there to um, ending with the embrace, and um, I find that as a therapist, when these things happen to me, I'm, I'm, the tendency is to analyze first, you know, what, you know, what's going on, um, you know, what's triggering me. And, um, you know, I, I think it's so helpful to kind of skip that and, and move <laughs> into, um, the, the noticing, the accepting and ending with the, and moving in mm -hmm. and the embrace. But for me, I, I was just realizing that it's not, you know, this isn't my profession in the way, it's kind of in the way of getting there sooner. I usually get there, but yeah. Um, so I, I wondered if you had any thoughts about 
Yeah. Well, I, I'm psychologically trained as well, Rosemary. And when I decided to study somatic psychology, and we kind of turned it on its head that first we go to the body experience in order to be able to investigate, oh, what's this about? Because when our nervous system is in agitation, it's, it's not unlike having been being told that when something kind of distressing comes up in, in the sitting practice and we're told just go sit more, that, that often is not very helpful. Going toward the experience itself, going toward the body and using a practice like an embrace um, calms things down so then we can go, what was that all about? We're exploring, we're investigating it with, with a much more open heart and open mind and out of judgment about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and with more calm. Uh, yes. Be because, yes. you know, and I, and in, in, you know, practicing this when you taught it to us just now, mm -hmm. it really did work and some emotion came up, which mm -hmm. I can then, you know, look at, investigate, mm -hmm. but, um, it, this is making a lot of sense to me too, mm -hmm. because, you know, the, the somatic thing is indicating that there's agitation, mind mm -hmm. and body. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just thank you so much. It's really mm -hmm. very helpful. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm, gl I'm glad uh, you had an experience that said to you, oh, my body can be my best teacher. I can start there. Mm -hmm. That's responsible care. And, and you compa. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Suzanne. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Hi, Ed. <laughs> Hi, Suzanne. So great to see you. Good to see you. Mm -hmm. um, and um, thanks again for well, obviously for everything that, that you've uh, spoken um, and shared today. And um, that Dogen quote uh, at the end there was, I guess, like a, a piece of confirmation or affirmation mm -hmm. um, saying that. Um, when you get through this enlightenment, you also lose the enlightenment part. Um, and that that made that made a lot of sense and it helped to clear something up or just to add more understanding to something. Um, because, you know, for years I, I've, I've read the phrase and put images together with it that says before enlightenment, um, I chopped wood and carried water. And after enlightenment, I chopped oh, wood and carried water. <laughs> yes. uh, which the first time you hear that, it's like, are you sure? <laughs> but um, you get to understand that. And I saw one of the explanations of Dharma um, saying that it's an aspect of truth or reality. And a quote was that all dharmas are forms of emptiness. Mm -hmm. And that with the statement that you gave today, as well as chopping wood, just help to, to put more profoundness and, and more um, practical uh, understanding connection to it. So mm. I just wanted to say thanks. And um, yeah, it does make sense. And um, one of the things and something that I wrote a while back, um, it ended up with the um, I don't know statement. Mm -hmm. And um, as I was sharing that with someone, um, it also came to me at that point that I don't need to know 
-hmm. So it, it, it's, um, it's very good. It warmed and filled my heart. So thank mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome, Ed. And when you said it makes sense, I had the sense, sense, I had a connection to your body that the, that it was in your body and you just put your hand on your heart. That's where the sense is. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Ed. Oh, Beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hello, Suzanne. Um, from what Ed was just talking, I, I realized like I, that my mind went on with that a little bit more uh, to recognize that I've gone from a place of feeling like, oh, you know, I really want to keep going because there's so much more to know and realize that I've actually come to a place where it's so exciting because there's so many more things to not know. And, and that's, and, and that was just like, when, you know, it's like, I, I realized that that's actually the excitement that I feel mm. about life now is not, oh, I want to learn this more, or there's more things or whatever. But it is that the more people I engage with and, and experience what they, you know, like they're, what they're sharing, uh, and the more that I look at it inside myself, that what keeps happening is I find more things where I can just really clearly say, I don't know. And that that is now what my excitement about it is. Wow. What, what brought the shift about Becky? Well, I guess, I guess just the, the experience in my practice of, of, appreciating how many things I, I don't know. And, and then when I would sort of try to put that construct back in place about, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out about this or whatever. Well, again, I think it might be the body that informed me. And uh, when, when I was going through a particularly painful stretch of time um, that, that my, I had a headache that happened at a particular place anytime I tried to engage cerebrally. Oh. Anytime I tried to think through something that that wasn't the way to do. You know, it's like the things that we might sit with in order to resolve rather than the daily decisions that we need to make in order to move on in that place mm -hmm. you know that there's a real difference in them and um and I also found that that my body let me know that it that I want to listen to other people as well as myself as my main place of learning even more I'm I, all all my life I've been a reader and, and much of my life, I, you know, read mainly nonfiction and really just wanted to know as much as I could know. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so, so probably the whole thing about, about the places in my life where, 
my previous constructs were such that I had to acknowledge that, that you know, it was a big mess, you know, it's like it was, it was, it was a pretty good house of cards, but it collapses at a certain point if it, it you know, and, and, uh, you know, so a couple of times I tried re rebuilding the, the house with the same cards or mm -hmm. maybe got a new deck even, but, you know, it's like definitely <laughs> found myself doing that thing about, oh, well, I went through all this process to let go of all this. And here I am again, putting it together and almost in the same kind of way. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. it might, you know, seem different, but it's, yeah, it's the same process. Uh-huh. And so, and so now I welcome the things that I get to the point I go, oh, not just there's so much more to know. There's so much more to not know. And can't know. And can't know and, can't know. and is, is beautiful in feeling its existence rather than that I need to even name it sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're reminding me, Becky, of an experience I had just yesterday. On my walk, I was walking on a bike path along a marsh, and um, a flock of pelicans are migrating through our, uh, and landing on our bay. Uh, and I found myself there with the pelicans. And as they were landing, I was asking, oh, what is it? What's going on there? What? Why, how do they soar? How is it they land in that graceful way? What happens when they land? And then when I walked on and there was a single pelican much farther away from the flock, I realized I can't know. This is all happening in life and I can't know what's going on with these pelicans. I'm just deeply grateful that they're migrating through near where I live so I get to see them and I get to experience, wow, what I experience when I watch them soar over my head and land. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Thank you Thanks. so much. Thanks so much, Becky. Mm -hmm. Hello, Barbara. Hi, Suzanne. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Teaching today. Mm -hmm. I really, um, I liked all three of of the techniques you gave us, and I hadn't heard yours before. And it's um, really great. Um, could you, moving more deeply into, I, I always have whatever name you put on that, but sitting with it, moving deeper, looking deeper, listening, I always have more of an issue with that in terms of my own um, resistance to it. Is there any more? And one of the things that you said about this was, um, you're often given the advice to sit somewhere when things arise in the body. I think this is what you said, but I'd like more clarification on that, how to deal with um, moving deeper into and yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I did not mean that sitting more with it is, is bad advice. I'm saying that it often isn't the most helpful in terms of going deeper in our practice. Um, and I took you through the, the, this 
this little process using this little device, I took you through it, um, you know, in one time frame, but it doesn't necessarily work that way. We might need to spend a good deal of time just naming what's going on, or if we can name it in terms of noticing it, go getting to the acknowledging it and accepting it, that may take more time so that we, we can open up and intend to give ourselves some space as in, oh, I want, I have a lot of resistance because a lot of times that's where resistance comes up. We don't want to, for some reason, without judgment, acknowledge this, especially if it's something that's causing a good deal of pain. Like Becky was talking about her headache or something that's causing um, some uh, debility uh, or disability and our life has changed because of it. Those things are not easy often. So, so taking the time to acknowledge and accept and using our breath and using curiosity, using comfort, using uh, our intention to be compassionate with ourselves, that can all be actions of more of more spaciousness. Mm -hmm. so, so there isn't a time frame for it. it. It is about, oh, this is what I'm struggling with. I'm struggling with acknowledging it, or I'm struggling with accepting this as it is. Yeah. And just to notice that. And moving in the same sort of thing is how do I do that? How do I move toward myself rather than against myself or away from myself? Especially if we have been having had a habit of moving away, of discarding or discounting. And um, a lot of us learned that. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Barbara. Oh, yeah, I was just saying what you said, having ha had a habit, of, for me, a lifelong habit of moving away. Mm -hmm. And moving on mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. being with mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and uh and the techniques you gave for i mean all of those techniques i think breath continues to be an evolving uh mechanism for um sitting with being with moving deeper into mm -hmm. such a big one it is a big one yeah mm -hmm. and even this kind of practice it can happen at at all levels at the first level so we go through it and go i notice it okay i'm acknowledging i'm accepting it more or less i'm willing to move toward and then i'm willing to embrace it it might be when we get to the embrace and that we meet the comfort of that we meet the calm of that that we can go back to the beginning and go oh what am i noticing here and then it, we and then we might notice, oh, this feels like I've deepened into awareness or I've deepened into the intention of going toward myself rather than away from myself. It's an experiment. And that's what I was so taken with uh, uh, Robert Aiken Roshi's. This is about discovery. Mm -hmm. It's about discovery. Yeah. Yeah. That is really true. Yeah, which is a really an act of love. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
and especially like you mentioned if it's painful it's so mm -hmm. yeah important to not move away but it's often what we want to do mm -hmm. yeah well, or what we're hab habituated to do habituated yeah yeah and when we notice that we can go oh look it i just was going to turn away from myself well let me acknowledge that let me accept that I know how to turn away from myself. Oh. Let me see how I can move into that. Going, oh, I know that one. Yeah. Let me let me embrace that part of me that wants to turn away from myself. So there's always a circle. There's always a coming back possibility. Thank you. That's so helpful. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. And Barbara's dressed like the weather is today here in Madison. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sweatshirt and vest, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hello, Cassie. Hey. Okay, there we go. Um, so I've, I've noticed myself smiling throughout your talk and I've noticed the smiles of others. So that's, I just wanted to offer that feedback of, of that. And, um, the not knowing part, uh, I recently saw a quote that said, not knowing is Buddha. And I was just like, ah, yes. <laughs> And that uh, I think was it Suzuki Roshi who said not knowing is most intimate. Yeah, yeah, because then we, you know, and there's another line I've heard of the uh, certainty, suffering is certainty or certainty, mm. you know, you know. Mm. And when we do that, or when I do that, you know, I'm I'm limiting myself or other or whatever is happening mm. there, mm -hmm. uh, and it can get real frustrating no matter what what's what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really enjoyed your uh, name sequencing, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and that uh, and that naming it isn't about like acquiring it. It's like being a curious with it. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm glad you noticed that, Cassie. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I. Uh, I. My my thoughts seem to be swimming right now. I don't I don't have like a clear line of what I really wanted to communicate. Um, so I'm gonna leave it with being lost right there for a minute. You know what you said about certainty hurting. I mean, all we have to do is look at the world. Look at what's happening in, in Ukraine with the certainty that the Russian leader uh, is operating on that Ukraine belongs to us. Mm -hmm. Look at what look at what that's causing. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And Ukraine isn't the only place that that's happened, of course, Syria, the Middle East, Afghanistan, all you know, certainty harms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and there are so many beliefs that we can have certainty in that, you know, mm -hmm. creates that creates that harm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Cassie. Mm -hmm.
Hello, Darcy. Oh, hi. Hi. Good to see you. And uh, yeah, uh, this has been really helpful. And uh, you know, many, many uh, of uh, everyone who's been speaking up. But I, I want to, um, when Barbara brought up um, you know, was asking you about the process and she mentioned it being a lifelong habit of, of uh, having a tendency to, to move away and you, you know, and you talked about the, um, the turning toward, mm -hmm. that really hit me. And also you had said earlier on in your, in your talk that, um, we we will never get out of our families alive. But that one also really struck me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I got to thinking, and this is something that um, has been helping me and it fits right in with what you're talking about. You know, those painful relationships or those painful things, um, So I think Flint has said, or someone that, um, or maybe it's the Lojean, I don't know, anyway, about keeping your resentments close mm -hmm. or your pain close. And so like sometimes it just feels like I don't even know how to delve in or turn toward or whatever. And so I just let that process have its own time. Mm -hmm. And and I can kind of almost see that or feel that resentment sitting on my shoulder. Like I keep it close. I don't want it to go far away. I want to keep it close, you know, mm -hmm. because my tendency is to push it away, right? You know, mm -hmm. and um, it feels like a um, kindness to myself mm -hmm. in that I'm not making something happen right away but that allows for the time of observing more, noticing more, you know, and as I'm ready, you know, turning towards, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I'm feeling very, I, I want to reach for that spot in me as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah to, to know that, oh, uh, there's a location in my body where mm -hmm. I can uh, allow where I can acknowledge, where I can have rest in. And when it's ready for me to move toward it a bit more, it's there. Mm -hmm. That can be the part of the process of acknowledging and accepting. It's here. Mm -hmm. I can take my time or I can take the time that is needed in order to let the truth of what is happening here would come to full bloom. Yeah, it's 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 a very helpful to you know my analytical mind, you know, just sometimes gets the best of me. Mm -hmm. These practices are really helpful when I embody them and mm -hmm. convince my analytical mind that they're not linear, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not depth and it yeah. So mm -hmm. Barbara, thanks for bringing that up because all it's kind of all 
gelled a little bit mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do. And also as I'm looking at myself, I realize, I guess you can't see all of yeah. it, but like yeah. this place on my shoulder, this heart is right there. Yes, I noticed that. Heart. Yes. So anyway, yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I noticed that when you were when you were reaching there and I went, oh look uh, at that. There, yeah. that heart right there. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. Shanae. You're welcome, Darcy. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, here's Liz. Hi, here's Liz. here's Liz for the lightning round. Yes, okay. I was going to say the lightning round. I just okay, had a Liz. super quick thing to share about pelicans. Ah, so um, there's a there's pelicans coming through. I live in Colorado, and there's a pond where I walk by um, quite often, and the pelicans have been moving through. And one thing I am so mesmerized by with the pelicans is how they move in unison. They move in unison in this way that is so miraculous and amazing. And we don't, we aren't meant to understand why that's true and why they, how they can do it. I mean, they swim in unison. They drop their heads to eat, feed in unison. It's like, I am mesmerized when I sit with them and just watch them in unison. It's this harmony that I want to tap into, right? Mm -hmm. This, this harmony that's not verbal. That's mm -hmm. really amazing. And I, uh, the only last thing I wanted to say is that um, I'm so appreciating all the things that everyone has said about this time that we take, uh, this not knowing is really medicine. Um, and that um, what I'm noticing in me lately is that I kind of don't care to know. And if I am gonna know, then it will be presented to me kind of thing. And that the discomfort of not knowing, I can hold it a lot longer and rest in it and just let the, the answer bubble up to the surface without me having to be frantically, aggressively digging for it. Just trusting that life will bring forth something that I should be investigating rather than me having to charge for it and be in this self-reliance place. Mm -hmm. So whether that's age or menopause or who cares what it is, I am just like, I am so welcoming that because I don't have to constantly be pushing for evolution. It's just an unfolding over time. So I think that's a result of practice as well. <clears throat> I would say so. And it's a result of all of that you named. And it sounded to me like it's it's the action of moving toward. Dropping, dropping the defenses of seeking what's going on. I have to know that just dropping all of that and moving toward yeah. and resting. Yeah. Thank you so much, Liz. That's beautiful. Thank you, Suzanne. This has been really wonderful. And thanks for everyone who shared. It's nice to see everyone today. Thank you for um, what you noticed about pelicans. I noticed that yesterday myself, and it was just priceless. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Let's uh, recite the practice principles. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering holding to self-centered thought exactly the dream, each moment life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way, caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thought exactly the dream, 
Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way, caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thought, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Thank you, everyone. And now Kim will uh, will uh, give us some uh, guidance as to the porch, I guess. Um, first, Appamata's programs and facilities are supported through your wonderful generosity. Thank you for your support. There is a Donna box in the kitchen at Appamata Austin, and also a link for contributions on the website. Now, please stay on if you'd like to be at our after inquiry meeting. And it's all you have to do is stay here. Thank you, Suzanne. 